Welcome. Welcome to a new episode of uh, Notes from a Stranger about love, life, and death. Or life, love, and death. I, I'm not sure yet what's the best way to um, title the podcast. Uh, I want to remind you that this title um, comes, uh, it's coming from, from my book. I published a book uh, that is called The Right Time, Notes from a Stranger, Letters, sorry, Letters from a Stranger about love, life, and death. So the idea of making a podcast really is coming from, from my book, from those notes, from those letters. So... The idea was, how can I be close to people out there without having to be um, heavy or um, too academic, which I'm not, but really one of them? And how can I give them part of my experience, which includes clearly my studies and my knowledge and all of the things that I have um deepen into on a on a study level but mostly on a human being experience and that's why I have created the book which is a work in progress because I'm gonna make some adjustments and uh, a new uh, edition of the book a new version of the book is going to be published in 2024 but really that's what uh, I want to do with my life I want to try to be this kind of companion that doesn't have really to be defined in a certain level of title, but just be there uh, giving something that you maybe need. I truly believe the human beings, they recognize themselves because they are all the same. They all go through the same things. They all go through the same type of emotions, of internal conflict, of issues, of questions, of uh, depressions, of happiness, of uh, excitement. So, so we are the same no matter what. And one of the most precious source of growth is experience and sharing experience it's a beautiful thing we can do to let other people sometimes when they need reflect themselves on the other person experiences. Sometimes this is going to bring them to feel relieved, a sense of relief, a sense of, wow, I'm not the only one. Sometimes it's going to bring them to feel inspired sometimes going to give them permission to be or to do something they are scared to do. Sometimes they're going to just feel validated somehow. And that's why I have two podcasts and I do have another podcast, The Holistic Actress Show, where I have guests because I am interested to listen to people's stories 
uh, the real stories, not what's behind the public persona, because I don't give a fuck of public persona. Like, if I have something that I want to really celebrate, it's the work I'm doing on, you know, stop being so impressed as I used to be from from bullshit from the bullshit of the public's personas stories and images that yes it's cool it's fancy it's necessarily to um thrive to move forward but i'm interested on truth i'm interested on what's real what's behind the scene what's real who you are, what what you've been through, what you are going through. And I know that from the president from of the United States of America to the homeless who lives um, down the street, um, they have similar stories and they go through same cycles of, of emotional waves and problems and issues and that's that's fascinating for me that's fascinating fascinating so i'm recording this podcast from my house in sicily and uh, it's still a very sunny here uh, even if it's january this is the second episode of 2024 I believe it's episode 13, I guess. I'm going to check because I really want to be sure that. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, I think it's episode 13 or 14. I want to make really sure about that. No, sorry. This is episode 15. Wow. Because our last episode was how do you punish yourself? And today, I'm going to be talking about something that I know people are going to like, <laughs> um, which is narcissism, okay? That's the topic of today. I'm going to speak about narcissism, and I don't want to make this conversation too long. I have a clear idea of what kind of conversation I want to have with you today, guys, and it wants really to be a conversation from not from a coach who like as i do deal with uh, clearly people who have narcissistic traits or have narcissistic um um issues or other on the other side people who are victim of narcissism and myself I have experience in this sense <laughs> and narcissism it's a big piece of my life in my life um and I think in the life of every every single human because narcissism is it's a, something that it's uh, related to our ego we live especially in this time uh we are living a huge you know ego um, bl blossoming how can I say that blooming <laughs> and uh, the real problem about this culture this narcissist culture is that there is not awareness about that there is not a enough 
um, knowledge and that there are not enough informations. There is not enough. I mean, we need to talk more about narcissism because we are all narcissists. That's the reality. Okay. So, so clearly there are different ways that there are pathological ways of being narcissist and it's very damaging and it's very abusive, but we are living in an era where every single of us has a certain level of narcissism. And that's because the ego that belongs to our inner child needs is wounded and when our inner child needs, especially emotional inner child needs, are wounded, uh, we can become extremely self-referred and extremely um, not really capable to feel empathy for others because our internal pain is so big and so not processed that everything is about us and how poor we are and you know and how we need comprehension understanding to be heard to be seen to be loved to be considered uh how good we are uh and all of those things again i want to say that this conversation is really not going to be about technical stuff on narcissism which i'm working on by the way and I'm working on narcissism, narcissism, because as a coach, as somebody who is a facilitator and loves to help other people, but first and foremost for myself, because I got to a point in my life when I'm seriously working on, you know, my tendency, unconscious tendency of attracting narcissists that has literally ruined my life uh, for most of my love relationships. I remember a therapist telling me once, having an experience with a narcissistic parent, it's going to be an ocean of heartbreaks. So if you are somebody who has to go through heartbreaks if you are or if you have in your past history a lot of heartbreaks experiences you might want to question if you are the type who attracts narcissists and today this episode it's going to be divided I mean it's not really going to be divided but we're not just, we're not just going to be talking of people like me who have the tendency to attract narcissists. We're going to talk about also, what if you are the narcissist? Okay, no judgment here. Like that's a real raw conversation today. Um, and I just want to give you a little bit of my experience in this sense. Without giving too many details of my story, because it's a little bit irrelevant. But those are the two characters that I want to talk. So from one side, we have the person who have the unconscious tendency to attract narcissists in their life. So even if they don't want to, 
um, they do have this level of magnetism for narcissists. And so they maybe have narcissistic partners. They had a lot of break, um, uh, heartbreaks with uh, narcissists in relationships with narcissists. Or they they work with narcissists, friendships with narcissists, okay? So there are people who have this tendency more than others. And on the other side, I want to talk about the narcissist itself. And uh, to understand this division, so why there are people who become narcissists in a more consistent way, and there are the other category of people who attract narcissists, we always have to go back to childhood. Like that's the thing that we have to do all of the time, even if some people don't like to do that. Let me sip my herbal tea today. It's fennel. Mm. So first and foremost, I'm, I want to ask you a question. Like if you're listening to this, do you feel you belong a little bit more to the category number um, one, which is do you attract narcissists? And if you do attract narcissists, just know that there is a narcissist trait within yourself too, because that's what happens when we attract narcissists. There is a little bit of narcissism within ourselves. Or do you feel you belong a little bit more to the second category? Like I am the narcissist, which I know it's going to be a little more difficult to recognize and to admit because usually a narcissist doesn't know that they are a narcissist or maybe they know but they don't want to admit that they will never admit that okay so my upbringing um I come from a family where my mom was the narcissist figure and my father was the one attracted by narcissist and uh, if they have to, if we have to go back to the history of past generations, my father had a narcissist father. So my grandfather from my father's side was a narcissist. And on my mom's side, my grandmother was a narcissist. It's interesting to see how those dynamics repeat all over again. That's my job as a coach to give myself and people the capacity of understanding why we do have certain level of traits. And most likely when we don't work on our childhood trauma or when we don't understand a lot about generational trauma, we unconsciously are going to keep repeating old patterns okay, that don't really belong to us. So let's come back to the main topic. We have these two uh, characters and they are, they have both uh, been created by a certain type of childhood. So the person who attracts narcissists usually is the son of the daughter of a narcissist or one of their caretakers were a narcissist. It can be also a grandfather figure or a grandmother figure. 
or either they had a traumatic experiences during childhood. Um, this can happen maybe when we have sexual abuse from people external from the family and nobody um, saw it, nobody um, protected the person, the victim, or, I mean, we're really speaking about extreme situations here, but very much simpler, it's enough to have been raised by somebody who had narcissist traits, okay? So then usually the response of, uh, I'm going to call them the victim of the narcissist, is growing um, and developing a certain type of body defensive mechanism, which is very likely is going to be pleasing, phoning, okay? So when we are abused by a narcissist and when i talk about abusing by a narcissist i'm speaking about people who didn't give us any level of uh, um, safety in terms of recognizing our emotional needs so let's say that you find yourself as a victim of narcissism and you've been raised in a house when both of your parents or one of your parents or whoever else didn't really see your emotional needs. And so you have been not seen and you have been also uh, in a certain level of narcissist pushed to forced pushed or maybe just automatically you realized that the way to survive in that situation was to please your parents or to please those figures those people the caretakers and uh, so you have developed in a very early age of your life the belief that your needs don't count that you don't count and you have to be in service of somebody else and very likely you learned that this is your idea of love this is what love is love means that i don't have to be seen i don't have to be acknowledged my emotional needs are not important and i have to recognize and to be in service of my mother of my father like uh they are the most important things. Uh, they are the most important people. Their needs are more important than mine. And that's how the phoning response and the pleasing response becomes automatic and internalized in the body. And I'm sure so many of you are re resonating with that. Hmm. And uh, what I want to say about the parents with the narcissistic traits, they most of the time they are not aware of that they are not aware that are neglecting the emotional needs of their child so there is not an intention they are not bad people they must have learned this behavior from somebody else so it's all a, a repetition sometimes there are extreme cases where i mean they are aware <laughs> and so i don't want to take um I don't want just to generalize because I know that a lot of people have serious issues because of how their parents treat them during childhood. So I'm speaking more about situations that look like normal, but there were abuse. They were not normal. There, were, there was a level of abuse and neglecting emotional needs of the child 
is an abusive situation. And, uh, uh, you know, letting your child taking care of your emotional needs as a parent and you parent not caring of the emotional needs of the child is abusive and is narcissist. Okay, so very likely this is the upbringing of some of somebody who develop a personality of like I'm the victim of narcissism. On the other side, what happened in childhood to the person who then in adult life is going to become a narcissist. And I think that we have more scenarios. I mean, I'm just mention I'm just mentioning some most popular and common situations so you might have a total different situation and I want to see you I don't want to say that's it I would never say that because I'm nobody to say that okay let's make this really clear because I know that this topic is delicate it's sensitive for so many because I I know how much a narcissist person can ruin the life of another person so I want to be really careful with my words and again I'm speaking in a conversational way with you because I want to give you some of my uh, clues of my hints based on my experience on the other side we have the narcissist what happened to them I can see that a lot of people in my reality who became narcissist they have been raised by parents who were giving them a lot of attentions. They were putting them on a pedestal. They went praising them all of the time. So this type of child that is receiving so much love and attention and uh, like you are beautiful, you are wrong, you are the best one, uh, you are like those type of parents who never question uh, the child. And uh, they kind of uh, give them this power of dominance. They kind of never um, have an, a, a, you know, behavior, a, a, a kind of... Uh, of uh, um, I don't want to do. I don't want to say the word uh, authority. But like it's it's a kind of like a, the child needs uh, an authority figure, an authority presence in their life. And when there is no authority, there's no like this is not okay, and this is okay. You maybe are making a mistake. You maybe want to say sorry. You are not the most beautiful one. There are like there are other beautiful child in the world you know uh this giving them like this feeding their ego is gonna take them in a state of anxiety of not understanding why all of this responsibility so i'm the best one i'm the most beautiful one i am the most gifted one i have like lots of expectations on their shoulders a lot of pressure and they are not seen for who they are in their emotional needs and in their vulnerability. Uh, for a child, this is very confusing uh, 
And they raise up with this sense of, you know, I'm the gifted child. I'm the best person in the world. I'm never, I never make mistakes. I'm always right. But in reality, they have an emotional life inside that it's not recognized. And this can really, really create a lot of problem in the upbringing of a child, in the growth of a child. And I can see that many adults who have narcissistic traits, they have those type of parents who just love them. They are devoted to, to them. They never question them and they never see them for who they are, but they have put them on a pedestal since they were a very, very young little boys and girls. On the other side, other people who can definitely become narcissists are people who have been neglected deeply, who have been abused deeply, who have been not seen. Um, so we are going to be talking about people of uh, coming from, you know, a standard level of abuse, which is maybe the one that, you know, people, parents who don't who neglect your emotional needs but they really don't care about you they really don't give you any kind of priority to situations of like extreme abuse like physical abuse and uh, the ego of the child is so wounded that the only way out for them to survive is to raise a huge sense of self like they treated me this way i count I'm going to prove the world that I can't. I'm going to impose myself. Basically, what they do is just repeating what they have learned. So if they've been raised in a house of uh, uh, narcissists, uh, that's what they learn. Like uh, to be recognized, to be loved, to be considered. I maybe have to become another abusive person. I might have to become somebody who can impose themselves uh, to somebody else, uh, being abusive, being arrogant, being a perpetrator. And so those people, they have, they see their emotional needs neglected. And so they don't know how to see others' people's emotional needs. And this is where the lack of empathy comes Okay, so the most important thing to remind you about narcissists is that they lack empathy. Their ego is so wounded that becomes so huge. And that's the only way they can survive. They don't know how to survive unless it's all about their ego because they are carrying within a huge pain. The pain of being totally neglected in their emotional needs. And that's why I often, you know, say my friends, my brother and people, you know, don't be this way with your son. Like, don't tell them always, yes. Don't tell them they're beautiful always. They're, they're the best one. They're the only one. Teach them self-esteem, but teach them how to be in society. Teach them how to be with other kids. Teach them to fail. Teach them that failing is okay. It's going to make them even better people. Uh, teach them to take care of themselves, but also to feel for others. 
to put themselves in other people's shoes. And I think this is a big responsibility as parents. But, you know, I don't want to get off topic. Let's come back. So those are the childhood. Like when you deal with your issues and when you are dealing with a narcissist, try to, you know, investigate on their history, their backstory. If you are dating, if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, if you if your mother is a narcissist, if your father is a narcissist, if your grandmother is a narcissist, try to understand, like try to give them what they are not giving you, which is empathy. Try to understand what happened to them, why they arrived, that it happened, they, they are this way. And not because you want to, you know, forgive them or accept them, but this is going to give you a level of understanding that can help you to release them easily. I mean, not easily, but easier. Um, And so, and taking care of you because it's always about you in the end. So, I'm not here saying that being a victim of narcissist is better than being a narcissist. I think that in both the situations, we have an evident lack of self-esteem and an evident lack of self-worth and an evident lack of uh, having their emotional needs met. So I think that this is really the the common denominator of both of the of those figures and i can speak more as somebody who is more a victim of narcissism sometimes i'm narcissist too i've been narcissist with some people as well in my past but i'm more somebody who automatically drops into the attraction for 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 narcissists <laughs> and i'm not better than them I want to say that, like it's important to understand that if I'm a victim of a narcissist, it just happened that I got that way. I got that direction. I could have been definitely and totally from from the other side. Like instead of uh, taking the road of uh, being the victim of narcissist, I could have been a narcissist. Because those situations are two kind of extremes. If you're really, really, you know, victim of narcissist, if your life is fulfilled of experiences where you don't know why you have been treated so badly by people, you have been surrounded by narcissists so many times. It's the same, but in two opposite sides. You have been neglected. You have been not seen. Your emotional needs have been through under uh, the bus. Uh, you have been uh, lonely, basically. And uh, so the way to survive for you, it's been pleasing and phoning. The ways to survive for the person who then became the narcissist became the fight, the fight response, the perpetrator. So we both need to work on ourselves. It's going to be a different kind of work, but very related in the end, because it's all going to be start 
recognizing our emotional needs. Because when we start recognizing our emotional needs, we stop we stop pleasing. Um, and we stop trying to search on the external world, somebody fulfilling our emotional needs, and we start taking responsibility for our own. And so that means that we stop being victims because victim is the perfect name, actually. And victim is not a good name. Victim is not empowerment. Victim is not responsible. Victim, victim it's somebody who choose or keep and keep choosing to be the weak part because it's so easy. It's so much more familiar. It's so much easier to... Um, to be the victim, to say, oh, poor me, I'm the victim of this person, I'm the victim of this situation. And I want to say something, most of us who are in the victim of narcissist category, we don't know why we are in this loop. Many people, they spend most of their life being in those victimhood uh, of narcissism um cycles and they don't know that and i know how painful that is but today we have a lot of information so we can we can really have an education about the self the human being needs and we can absolutely start healing and taking responsibility for our life so once you understand that you are the type victim of narcissist you need to take responsibility for that and you've got to stop this cycle and i'm not saying that it's going to be easy but once you know it once you recognize it that's half of the way because there are ways to stop being victim of narcissist on the other side many narcissists they don't know they are a narcissist because they've been raised thinking that they are the best people in the world or they have been raised as the victim of other narcissists. So they are poor people that have been beaten up by their parents and neglected, humiliated, abused in any possible way. And so they feel entitled to be the way they become which is very much attacking, fighting, blaming, never questioning themselves, uh, gaslighting others. They are not even aware of that. It's a defensive mechanism. That it's a so internalized that for them it's very hard to recognize because their ego is so wounded and then, because of this reason, so huge. But the same thing applies here. So if you are a narcissist and if you don't know to be a narcissist, start questioning yourself, start working on your backstory, what happened to you, what happened to you in childhood, what are the traits of your parents, grandparents, what is it, the generational trauma that you are carrying within and what kind of type you have became as a survivor mechanism in your life. 
And so then you can start questioning, I'm maybe a narcissist. It's okay. If you are a narcissist, it's okay. It's okay. You can heal. You can start working on yourself. Uh, narcissists are people who suffer. Narcissists are people who have a lot of pain inside. Uh, they just need to start admitting their pain, their emotional needs. And so in both the situations, we have to do the first step. It's the most difficult one. We need to see where are we at. Are you a victim of a narcissist? Well, good. You got to take care of that. You got to take responsibility of that. You got to stop the blaming game because you can change. Are you a narcissist? Beautiful. Welcome. There are so many narcissists around. You are not alone. So take um, accountability for that. Because very much you're going to hurt people you love. You're going to lose people you love. You are going to suffer a lot. And if you want to stop your suffering, you got to take responsibility for the pain that you carry within, which is responsible of your shield and the way you are keep blaming, attacking, and fighting constantly the world. Narcissists, they want to pick fights. They want conflict. They want to blame. They want to be in the rage because rage is a typical trait of a narcissist because it's a shield. They ha they hide behind the rage. They don't want to meet their emotions. And they are the people who need the most to meet their emotions and to release them and to be in their pain. They push away the pain because for them it's weak. And for the other side, victim of narcissist, they have to meet their emotions in a more responsible way without having to keep uh, creating constant circles and loops where people are going to hurt them again and they're going to stay there for me. Okay, this is all disempowerment. Um, I think I'm going to close now this conversation i think i'm not going to go further because this is a lot of information and i will come back to this topic i will come back to this topic but i think that i touched something really important guys because i know how many people there because they're a victim of narcissist they feel the good guy Yeah, you are the good guy, you are the bad guy. Same for narcissist. You are the bad guy and you are the good guy. As somebody who is learning how to witness people's way of beings, people's reactions, people's personalities, people's stories, I cannot judge. I can't judge. It's not better somebody who is living in a constant pain because it's a victim of narcissist. I have empathy for them. I want to help them. I want to give them instruments to work on something that is called self-esteem. 
So if you are a victim of a narcissist, you lack of self-esteem because nobody saw you, nobody recognized you, nobody welcomed your emotional needs, nobody welcomed your needs of being loved, of being held, of being seen, of being considered, of being heard, of being safe. So you are allowed to be sad. You are allowed to be lonely, to feel lonely, to feel this depth level of desperation sometimes. And I know what I'm talking about. I really know what I'm talking about. But I want to remind you that this is all comes, it all comes from a total absence of sense of worth. You are worthy. You are so worthy. You are so capable. So for those people, they need to work on their self-esteem. They need to work on their self-worth. They need to have strong boundaries. They need to brag about themselves. They need to expose themselves doing things that they usually don't do. Because they want to get off the victimhood of the poor me. And they want to tap into the empowerment of, I can do that. I'm fucking worthy, even if it's painful. Even if if this is going to take me a long process of grieving. Because working on self-worth means that you want to really go deep down the level of unworthiness that you are carrying within if you don't want to see your unworthiness, you are going to keep choosing a narcissist. They are going to treat you bad. And you want to embrace the other side of the ego, the positive ego. You, victim of a narcissist, you need to stop rejecting your ego self because it exists. And you know how it shows up? It really shows up through the victim. Like your victim modality way of thinking, and I'm not speaking about the abuse that you have received because I just have compassion for that. And I just totally understand that. And I think that it takes a long time to get into that grief. And I'm still grieving. As a victim of narcissist, I still grieve. And it can be so painful there are days that i can seriously feel i don't deserve to leave i don't deserve to have anything i don't deserve to be loved i don't deserve to be seen i don't deserve nothing i deserve nothing but then as you approach this internalized um, trauma because there has been trauma and the trauma needs intervention, then you can start, meanwhile, building your self-worth and self-esteem. And this is all about you choosing that. You know, my father is being a victim of a narcissist. He's a victim of a narcissist. And we have deep conversations about that. And as a daughter, seeing my father in his weakness choosing not to stand up for himself but keep choosing that easy road of keep being the victim it's so painful 
because as a daughter, I would like him for himself, but also for me and for my siblings to be strong, to take care of him. And I have to deal with somebody who, who prefers the shortcut. On the other side, if you are a narcissist, and that's the last thing I want to mention for this podcast episode, is question yourself. And the people I'm referring to, there are clearly the people who are easily to be recognized because narcissists, they can have some typical traits. They're usually very arrogant people. There are usually people who don't listen, don't know how to listen. They don't ask for help because they're always great at doing things. They don't need anybody else's opinion. They can be very unpleasant in their way of attacking others or making jokes. Uh, a lot of narcissists, they hide behind sarcasm and, you know, mocking others, making jokes, uh, um, they're usually people who are very active. They don't want to, they, they cannot, they don't know how to, how to listen. So they don't know how to stay still. Stillness is difficult for a narcissist because stillness means uh, and requires the capacity of listening to yourself first. Um, but there are another very big piece of the cake of the categories of narcissist which are the passive-aggressive people. And I know so many of them. Like my personal experience is more on those types either than the clear narcissist. So they really want to look like they're the good guy. When I talk about good guy, I talk about women and men, both. So they're the good guy. They're so kind. They're so generous. But they... They are playing, they're performing a role. They really care about how, how other people perceive them, even if they don't want to admit that. Even if you find, I mean, there are a lot of narcissists in the spiritual world. So they kind of uh, put on the mask, uh, like I'm love and light, uh, I don't care about the way I dress, I'm free. Um, but they're not. They really are not. They are very prepotent, arrogant, not capable to listen, not capable to be rejected by others. They don't want rejections. Like narcissists, they cannot accept any level of rejection. They want to control. Like the traits of the narcissist is control. And control is not just, again, the type A, which is attacking, blaming. It can be really the one who comes to you with the smile, interesting people, I'm traveling the world, I'm the good guy, I'm the cool guy. But then when it's about to put themselves, you know, showing who they are, showing their vulnerability, uh, be who they really are, which means human beings, same, all the same, no perfectionism, um, no, everybody needs love. Everybody needs to cry. Everybody needs to process something from past. 
And even if they do that sometimes, because again, in the spiritual world, there are people who are like professing, I did that and I do that and I'm into this path, but they're so full of shit. <laughs> and you can see that. You can see there are just a lot of words and a lot of bullshit. They don't want to show themselves for who they are and they want to control. They are obsessed with control. And as a woman, I can say that I've been dating guys of this type and they look like so nice at the beginning. They present themselves so cute and nice. They are fake listeners. But then when you say something and when you don't do what they want, they become very aggressive. So they're passive aggressive, passive aggressive. They're very competitive. And many times they just don't know it. Um, I'm working on my capacity of welcoming these people from a perspective of uh, understanding their pain, but also um, I want them to start thinking about that. That's why I talk about all this stuff. Like, I would like men and women who kind of feel triggered by my words now to start thinking, am I a narcissist? Am I a piece of shit so many times? Am I a passive aggressive in a way that becomes a little bit too um, present, too often, too extreme? Because we are all passive aggressive. I mean, we all have the traits of human beings. There are not people that are not passive aggressive or they are not capable to fight or attack. There are not people who are not victims. We have all potentially the human beings traits it's the level it's the balance it's the awareness awareness it's how we we handle those things it is how much we want to really heal and grow and so yeah narcissist i need you to listen to this podcast and i need you to start questioning because i question myself i know that i tend to be more a victim of a narcissist because of my history and uh, I know what does it mean. It's sexual, guys. The reason why I've been attracting people, narcissists in love relationships, and I had so many heartbreaks, which are, are so painful, it's a sexual thing. It's not something that I command from my mind. I'm physically attracted by people who can have control over me, who can manipulate me, who can gaslight me, who can have, because those people many times are so interesting, so attractive. So, um, you know, and, but I'm a narcissist too. I've been a narcissist in a more profound way and I'm working on those traits. So don't think that you just can be just a victim or just a narcissist. The, the source of those figures is the same, is emotional neglect, is abuse. The reason why we have so many narcissists and so many victims of narcissists, it's trauma. It's having deepest, deepest, deepest wounds because we have been not recognized in our needs, emotional needs. I'm going to leave you with that. It's just so much. And when I talk about this stuff, I feel really involved, emotionally involved because it's where I am. I am at. Like I know that for me, 
the next chapter of my life, it's going to be defined on how good I'm going to be of working on my self-worth and on finding a balance in my life with people around me. Because the only reason why I suffer for being the victim of narcissist, it's because I allowed them to have that power. It's not that we don't have to deal with arrogant people or like, but if we give them that power, I gave people power to have control over me. I did it. And I could have stopped it right the way. So it's not running away from people who have a certain type of traits. It's more about how can I handle people differently? And the only answer is you got to work within you. You got to work on you. You got to work on your inner child. You got to work on self-awareness. You got to work on your body because your body needs regulation. Your body needs to drop off the sexual crazy attraction from the narcissist and to stay in a state of more equilibrium so you don't get into the crazy fawning and pleasing response because fawning and pleasing pleasing response it's not mental guys it's physical it's your body that wants to survive and does everything possible to please others it's an internal need but we can change that through regulation through somatic therapy through somatic experience through breath through acknowledging the emotions that are stuck in the body that are going to bring you to have those level of reactions, okay? And one of those beliefs and emotions are like lack of self-worth. If you're carrying within lack of self-worth, you're always gonna find or gonna looking for people who are gonna make you feel more of that because we attract what we are. So if we raise the self-worth, if we work on self-worth, we're not going to attract people who can see us instead of people who can, who feel more of our sense of unworthiness. It's all for now. So if you like this podcast, please rate it, give me a star, leave reviews, share it. It's a good one. I know it's good because I know those things. Those are the things that I needed to hear years ago. Um, and so if you don't like it, thank you for being here anyway. And I'll see you to the next episode. I see you and I love you.